Hello and welcome to Gutshot, home of the hottest takes for Magic the Gathering. I'm Will, and joining me as always is my absolute favorite co-host, don't tell my other co-host, but my favorite co-host, Frederick. What is up, everybody? I am Frederick, uh, and uh, I am the only Magic the Gathering podcast host who spent his entire stimulus check on sealed packs of homelands. Ooh, nice, nice, nice. So um, are you hanging on to those as like a, a sealed thing, or are you playing the lottery? I, I know you. I know you're a gambler. Um, are you gambling on those packs? I think I'm going to keep like half of them sealed and uh, open the, the other half. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. I'm hoping to pull Tabernacle of Pendril Vale. Um, hmm. Hmm. Well, okay. All right. Good luck. Thank you. Uh, man, how, how's it going, man? Uh, you having a, having a good um, uh, time before, since the last time we recorded? I'm having a pretty great time. I interviewed for a job at a card shop yesterday. Nice. So, uh, yeah, I'm really hopeful that I get it because that would be like my dream job. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm doing pretty all right. I think you would be good. I think you would be very good at that. Like the, the, the young folks of the collectible card game world need you to steer them in the correct direction. They're going to come up with their list of trash cards trying to build these awful decks, and you can uh, uh, steer them in the correct direction of playing Tron. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, no. Other way around. Other way around. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Tron Lance, uh, I don't think so. Why don't you try uh, Primal Command? <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm going to proselytize for Primal Commands uh, at the shop that I work at. Um, Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, I'm doing okay. Just to let you all know, this is um, this uh, podcast is now 50% vaccinated. Um, So, oh, yeah. So you're just uh, I want everyone to feel at least a little bit safer listening to us. Uh, Let me let me tell you, I got the one shot vaccine and um, Man, I actually got sick from it. Can you believe that? Oh, wow. I, I, I did not think that I would be the person to have um, bad side effects. Um, you know, I got the I got the shot. I felt completely fine the rest of the day until it was time for me to go to bed. And then I, I crawled in bed and I thought to myself, I don't feel well. And then I proceeded to have a fever all night and couldn't get a, a second to sleep. That is awful. And you have only had one jab now? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's just the... Uh, well, uh, It's I got the vaccine that only takes one shot, so I don't need to go back. And I think that's part of why, um, you know, I, I had such a bad reaction to it, because it is all it just is one everything. dose. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, uh, I would uh, watch out. Um, if, you, if, you, if you suddenly feel the urge to start doing any dirty jobs, that means that they put a microchip in you. Oh, yeah, that's so, true. So, watch uh, out for that. I, I mean, let's be honest. I probably deserve it. They, they probably need to be tracking my, uh, my uh, uh, <laughs> thoughts, feelings, actions, uh, whereabouts, uh, because who knows what I'm doing. I might even be doing a podcast. Yeah, yeah, they definitely need to nip that at the bud. Um, speaking of podcasts, um, we have got our news of the week before we jump into the main topic. Um, and that is Challenger decks. These are cool. I'm glad they're still doing them. I wish they had a little bit more in them. Um, I, I play a lot more Pokemon now, and they do probably a much better job with, with their version of Challenger decks, like play sets of staples and, um, you know, the chase cards that are in there, they give you one or two copies of them like Magic does, but there's, there's at least play sets of staples and stuff. There's no chaff, whereas these appear to contain a, a decent bit of chaff. Um, what are your thoughts on the challenger decks and do you like the four that they've selected for this run? Uh, so just co- 
completely honest uh, with everybody, I do not know what the deck list of these uh, look like. Uh, and, and I think that's part of my point here is I just have no reason to care about these right now. It's it's 2021. Uh, you know, we I mentioned the vaccine that I got earlier. Um, uh, I, I guess I won't say exactly what's going on, you know, for fear of being uh, dinged here. But, I mean, it's 2021. Like, who is... Who are the challenger decks for? Um, like, who's who's going to be using these to play in-person magic in 2021? This seems like the perfect opportunity for them to not make something like this and put this uh, put these um, uh, efforts towards something else. Uh, you know, maybe like towards uh, more production of Time Spiral Remastered or uh, maybe another like um, reprint product uh, that we could get. Um, I, I, I almost feel it's a little, um, uh, it's kind of bad for Wizards to even be promoting in-person play with these paper cards. Um, so I, I, yeah, I just, it, it's kind of raising eyebrows for me uh, in that sense. I don't know. I think as uh, as vaccines get distributed, like masked tournaments become safer and safer. We're kind of getting to the light at the end of the tunnel, and I feel like these could definitely see some play before they rotate. So I don't think it's that unreasonable for them to have released them now. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess I guess so. And uh, let's be honest, there are yahoos out there who are playing Paper Magic in store in tournaments, even though uh, they really should not be doing so. So I guess uh, Wizards doesn't want to miss out on that money. You know, uh, I, I I don't know. Um, it just seems kind of Wizards like. Um, like online presence uh personalities are saying one thing like we're we're going to beat the virus and we're going to be super safe and uh all that stuff and then they're almost saying the opposite thing by being like but also buy these paper cards and then you know we're going to incentivize you for you know like doing the very unsafe activity of playing in person um so i i just kind of wish they you know um cared more about the message of sending these uh, out, out to be bought, uh, like what that actually is. Yeah, I guess it's just like, you know, what are, what are they gonna do? Like, it's gonna be weird for there to be a strange product drought during the pandemic. Um, so I, I mean, I, I would, I, I guess I'd rather they continue their normal line of products. The other thing is, America isn't the only place where these are releasing, and there are countries where these are releasing where COVID is pretty much over. Yeah. Um, yeah, like we have bungled our response to the virus, but there are plenty of countries that haven't. And if they release these just in those countries, that would be kind of weird. Here, here we go being America centric again. Uh, it's a, it's a real, it's a real problem. You know, um, our fans over in Britain uh, are are not gonna like this. They're gonna send us tons of hate mail about being uh, um, uh, xenophobic <laughs> towards the British. <laughs> ah, yes, xenophobia against Britain. Dude, British. Okay, all right. We're just gonna go ahead and lay it lay it all out there. The British are wild. Seriously, right? Like, until in it. Yeah, exactly. Like like a British person would like wake up, uh, you know, in a tub of ice with their kidneys removed and be like, right, mental, isn't it? Uh, I need to eat a tin of beans. <laughs> yes. Anyway, we don't like the British, but these challenger yeah. decks, you know, um, I, I have to say the, the the actual like list that they have here: Azorius Control, Demir Rogues, Mono Red Aggro, and then Mono Green Stompy, do seem like they are the pillars of standard at this time. So at least they got that right. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there is a considerable amount of Japanese decks. I don't know. There's no fin fact. 
So uh, yeah, I don't think they were really the pillars of standard. Right. That yeah. That's <laughs> that's what everyone ought to be playing. But um, yeah. challenger decks are not what I think anybody is currently excited about in Magic. Yeah. Would you agree? Uh, I would agree. Everyone's excited for universes beyond. No controversy there. <laughs> no, I'm talking about time spiraled remastered that's right it's the new supplementary set that's coming out uh in paper and on magic online so sorry you know people who have uh people like myself who have um uh, migrated to arena for the most part uh during this whole time uh it's not going to be on arena but it is uh time spiral um you know like new remastered uh it's a um uh updated draft format in one set with all of the hits all your favorite cards and some cards you didn't like from uh time spiraled planner chaos and future sight and then complete with the return of the time shifted sheets filled with wonderful powerful um you know fan favorite cards from magic's past um regardless of what people's thoughts about like things that were included not included um it does seem like a lot of people are excited for the set yeah i'm definitely very excited for the set i think they did an excellent job with the time shifted sheets there's only a couple of poopers on there the rest of them are at least cards that like have seen play in a pretty extensive play in, in some format so i am i am definitely very excited for this set i think i'm going to get a box yeah that i um, don't i don't done it over the past several sets I, I don't blame you for that. I'm definitely interested in picking up some of the normal cards and some of the time-shifted cards. Uh, and a little, we have the full spoiler. Um, it seems like they spoiled the set a little early because it's not coming out until... Well, it's coming out in a couple of days. Um, but, yeah, uh, it's, Yeah, but it, it like finished spoiling like a week and a half ago. It, it's been a while. Uh, we've been sitting on this information. We've been mulling it over so we could give you our true favorite picks for favorite regular cards in the set that you would just normally open and draft and then also our favorite cards from the time shifted sheet which you will find one per pack uh as you're you know opening up your packs or drafting um so yeah. we are going to give you our hot takes on what cards we like in the set yeah and let me just say i'm really glad that those are one per pack and not like eh, one per about six packs yeah mm -hmm. yeah i i think yeah i do <laughs> Yeah, I think um, the time shifted sheet and how they're doing it is really going to make us look back less fondly on masterpieces, which were uh, not fun to try to find. But yeah, and just showcases. But yeah, um, you're going to start us off with this first card, and this is one we kind of talked about a couple episodes ago. Yeah, and this is exactly why I'm thinking about it. So just uh, uh, for for everyone's information, we're starting out with our favorite regular cards in the set. So these are not time oh, yeah. shifted. Right. This is just the full set. Um, you'll be opening these up just at the normal rarity that they appear at uh, in the set. And it will be um, from all three sets, uh, Time Spiral, Planner Chaos, and Future Sight. And uh, my first card is Mana Tithe, uh, you know, classic uh, uh, common for Planner Chaos, one white mana instant, counter target spell unless its controller pays one. Uh, this card was lucky enough to get a textless uh, a promo um, uh, back in the day, and I used to have one. Um, I don't know if I have it anymore, but um, I used to. And I love that they're reprinting this. Um, not that this card sees a lot of uh, constructed play. Um, I think some cubes play it. but what Yeah, I, I think it's some legacy play, too. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, probably. Um, 
what I love about this is the fact that they're printing it means that the idea of white having counter spells is in the forefront of wizards' minds and in the players' minds. Um, you know, I want players to play Time Spiral Remastered, play with this card, and then be convinced that counter spell is something that, or not the card counter spell, but the ability of counter spell should be in white at some capacity. Um, so I'm hoping that this card kind of shows the truth to a, a wider swath of the magic playing community. I think you couldn't have said it. I couldn't have said it better myself. I agree completely. Um, I think mana tithe is a step in the right direction. Um, if it indicates something about the future of magic, although, you know, damnation's also getting reprinted here and I don't think blackboard wipes are necessarily where they want to go other than like ones that give minus X minus X, but I am also hopeful that this means something for white counter spells in the future. Um, yeah, I just, I just want card, people, I just want people to be thinking about it, you know. And this card is going to make people think about it more. So, okay, yeah, yeah, I think that's a that's a, something to get behind. Now, a card that I'm excited for, but that I do not want to be an indicator of future game design, uh, Ancestral Vision is getting reprinted here. Now, it's been bumped up to Mythic. Um, I guess they bumped a few cards up to Mythic just because, um, for those who aren't aware, Mythic didn't exist uh, when the original Time Spiral block came out. So they, you know, surprise, surprise, they pick the most valuable cards and bump them up to Mythic. Uh, but um, Ancestral Vision is an Ancestral Recall you have to suspend. It has Suspend 4 for a blue, and its target player draws 3 cards. It doesn't have a mana cost. Now, this does mean you can do some um, shenanigans with As Foretold, uh, with Cascade, etc. Um, to, like, get this, you know, because it's CMC. Sorry, its mana value is 0. Um... But yeah, it's uh, it, 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 this card has some pedigree. It's see, it's all standard play. It's all modern play. It was banned from modern for a long time. Came back, saw some play. Sees play here and there now. I think it's a healthy card for the format now, and it's good that this will be in more players' hands. I think it's a really unique design and a neat card. Yeah, yeah. So this is. Uh, they are reprinting the entire cycle of these. You know, the rare um, suspend cards that harken back to classic magic cards. And Ancestral Vision uh, by itself is a great, ex is, is like one that is, I want to say one of the better ones, but is, is just really well designed, I think. Um, a lot of the other ones are never actually just played normally. They are usually cheated into play. Um, and, and that and that's how they get played. I think Ancestral Vision is uh, interesting in the fact that it is still just a good card if you play it just normally. You just you just pay one and suspend it, and then draw cards uh, four turns later. You could absolutely play it that way. That's still a good card that way, and you have the ability to also. Uh, do something to cheat it into play, do the as foretold um, tricks and, and other stuff like that. So, you know, cla you know, classic card that harkens back to an even classic card that's still playable and still breakable for people who want to break it. Yeah, this is just a, a great card. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. So um, another great card, you, you, you've you picked another banger for us. Tell us about Damnation. Uh, Damnation. I remember years and years ago when uh, the the clamor for um, 
the the clamor from players to have wizards reprint more cards damnation was one of the um touchstones of that conversation uh, you know like damnation needs to be reprinted and you know there we went a long time without seeing one uh we even went through uh from the vault annihilation uh, from the vault product that uh was all about board wipes that did not have damnation in it and i think we had to wait until modern matter <laughs> we had to wait until modern masters 2017 before we finally uh, I believe so yeah so, it was one of them something like that so we have seen reprints of damnation before but it's one of those cards that just needs more reprints um regardless of whether yeah. wizards wants this card to be a staple in black it, it is it's a like a um iconic card for magic the gathering and uh wizards just needs to be you know just needs to put more copies in more players hands um so i i i don't plan on buying a copy of this but like i know that magic needs more of these in circulation so glad it's coming back and this is probably one of the best places for it to come back yeah, I, I agree. I think um, I think it's good that it's here uh, in like a somewhere priced somewhere between Modern Masters and a standard set hmm. booster box. Um, yeah, I, I like it here as well. And, and, then, um, and then again, Mythic. But you know, of course, like you like you said, yeah. all, all the good iconic cards are going to be Mythic. Uh, that just rubs me the wrong way. You know, imagine how cool it would be if they were like, "We're getting rid of Mythic Rare for this product as a homage to sets that didn't have Mythic Rare." Ooh, that oh, that'd be very interesting. I wonder if they had that conversation. That seems like one they might have had once and then decided it was not what they wanted. And then to someone do. from Hasbro was present and they ruined it. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. Um. So will uh, I'm going to tell you something about myself. Mm -hmm. Um, that I think you already know. Absolutely, degenerate. It makes me feel good. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I know, I know. So we've got Boom Bust here. Now, this is a split card that doesn't have Fuse. Uh, one half of it is two mana to destroy target land you control and target land you don't control. And then the other half is Bust for six, destroy all lands. That is a powerful bust. Mm -hmm. Now, um, the reason I loved this card was because um, before they changed the way that these cards worked, honestly, probably for the better, you could play a uh, Goblin Dark Dwellers, uh, exiling this with the boom half and then casting the bust half. That is absolutely not how the card should work. That doesn't make any sense, and it's just, it was like a letter of the law sort of thing. They fixed that um, because it fucked with some other interaction. There was some other more broken interaction, so they fixed the rule. Um, and now I'm just campaigning for Wizards of the Coast to finally let my boy bust again. You, yeah, uh, yeah, you were trying to do, just, like, other people were doing really unfair things, and you were just trying to bust. You were trying to exploit that rule and do something actually fun and interactive, like destroying all lands, like Armageddon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fun and interactive Armageddon. Uh, now, is this card playable at all anywhere if you can't break um, being able to cast the expensive part? No, there's another card that does that for four mana in modern. Okay. So, yeah, uh, you cannot bust anywhere. I will say iconic card. Like everyone knows this card. Uh, for a while, this was the poster child for like doing weird things with um, you know split cards, converted man costs when tricks like that were available uh, to you. So you can't say this card isn't iconic. Oh yeah, it's absolutely iconic. Hmm. Um, I. I like it. Um, I, it's not going to do anything now that the interaction was fixed, but I'm glad it's there. It, it, it's going to suck to pull this as your rare, though. It's going to be, if you will, a bust. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, is this a cube card at all? Uh, does, does anyone play this in cube? 
Uh, I, I don't think so. I don't, like, it doesn't, I, I can't imagine, unless you're, like, trying to make a Ponza archetype in your cube, in which, I, and I just don't think anyone really wants that. Sure. It's not, it's really parasitic. It's not, like, compatible with, like, any other archetypes. So I would be surprised if anyone had, link me your cube that uses Ponza in the comments. Yes, yes, please, please. Um, I, I think that this card, my, my next card, um, probably sees a little bit more cube play, and is a card that I mentioned a couple episodes ago uh, that I wanted to see in Historic. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like the set's coming to Arena, so none of this is going to be Historic, but we are getting a reprint of Magus of the Moon, in Time Spiral Remastered. Uh, you know, so this is three mana creature, human wizard, two, two, and then stack ability of non-basic lands are mountains. I, I believe that the Blood Moon is not a part of the time shifted sheet. So this is the only Blood Moon effect we're getting in the set. But here it is uh, in all of its tutorable, uh, killable glory. And I just think it's a great card to get more copies of into uh, the population. Yeah, you know, I look at um, the really playable modern cards like Blood Moon, uh, Chalice of the Void, um, you know, uh, things like Bitter Blossom. And I just think, man, you know how much better this card would be if it died to shock? <laughs> um, yeah. So that's my take on Magus of the Moon. I'm, I'm a little meaner to it. Uh, but I, don't know, I guess it's a Blood Moon you can Cocoa into or you can Court of Calling for it. Right. So there, yeah. there's upside. Yeah, it's there's always, upside. It's always a give or take, but uh, yeah, just a good card to get into players' hands. And I, I hope that uh, maybe um, this card being in the public consciousness could get Wizards thinking about maybe this could be a, uh, a historic card. So again, kind of like the Manatai thing. I would love that, um, but we'll see, I guess. I, 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 I would like a lot. I, I want historic to turn into modern. So this is going to yeah. sound this is going to sound really weird but your next card was a huge wave of nostalgia for me when I saw that you put it on the uh on the screen. I have actually played a lot of this card um back when I um you know was was actually playing during the original Time Spiral. Um so I'm very curious to see why you picked Big Game Hunter. Oh, I picked it because I knew it would be a, a source of nostalgia for you. You told me about this card at like a GP forever ago because you were you were trying to fit it into a court of calling list. Um, yeah, and yeah. I I just I like this card too. I think it's really neat. I think the madness mechanic is really neat. It was weird how this was the only madness card in the set, but I guess that's kind of what Time Spiral was for. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the card's really cool. I think um, I like creatures with removal stapled to them, so you can like blink them stuff like that. Um, I love like. Uh, God, what is it like? Um, like Shriek Maw type effects. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just excited to see this card again. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that Shriek Maw is on the time shifted uh, sheet, so uh, people get to enjoy that uh, card as well. Uh, yes, yes, it is. I do remember seeing it on there. Oh, okay. I don't remember that. Yeah, Big Game Hunter. Yeah, um, I think Big Game Hunter just really showcases the power or the power of um, powerful enters the battlefield effects. Now we're kind of in that era of Magic now. Like every good card has a very powerful enter the battlefield effect. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Big Game Hunter for a long time was a card that you know you could always reliably 
pull out of, you know, um, uh, you, you could always pull out of your deck in some sort of like creature toolbox uh, deck mm -hmm. to take care of uh, larger creatures. And I guess it'll uh, uh, serve that function here as well. It's a, it's a bit class these days, but yeah, just huge nostalgia for this card on my end. And uh, yeah, just, just a, a card that's it's good to know exists within the card pool. You know, if you're yeah. looking for a, a effect like this, for those creature toolbox decks, so. Excellent cube card as well. Oh yeah. Great, great for multiple different archetypes. Um, just throwing that out there. But um, this is another excellent card. This is, um, this gets the official um, shoddy award for my favorite card to kill with Pyroclasm. Uh -huh. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so my pick is Dryad Arbor. Um, so this is that weirdo creature land from Future Sight. Uh, it is a one-one land creature, uh, and uh, a, and it counts as a forest, a forest dryad. Um, so you know it taps for green, um, and. This is a great card, um, you know, lots of tournament pedigree, um, a um, important card in my, one of my favorite decks of all time, in fact. And part of why I'm picking it here is uh, Dryad Arbor has always had a weird history with its uh, border, with its frame. Um, it, it's, mm -hmm. had, it's had a number of different looks over the years. First of all, um, being printed with the uh, Future Sight frame, uh, you know, which was very, you know, polarizing at the time. Yeah. I think its next major reprint was in a From the Vault, and they made it look exactly like a forest to the point where it was causing <laughs> tournament problems. Um, because, you know, if, if you're playing a Dryad Arbor and you don't plan on, like, attacking with it, it makes sense to keep it down with your lands, right? Well, if you mix in this Dryad Arbor that looks just like a forest in with your forest, and then, you know, you run into a situation where you kind of get your opponent with that, uh, you know, that's going to cause problems. Um, so there, were, there was a lot of people um, kind of uh, lashing out against that kind of Dryad Arbor. But right. Now, but now we're getting this one, which looks a lot... It does. I would say that this one does not look like a forest. This is kind of like a good balance between looks like a normal magic card, but is very clearly something different. So I'm glad that they're kind of meeting in the middle, so to speak, uh, with this card frame and kind of making Dryad Arbor stick out while still functionally looking like a land that taps for green. Yeah, I, I think I pretty much agree. I don't think there's an elegant solution to that problem, and that's probably a large part of why um, they tend to regard um, Dryad Arbor as a design mistake. I don't think we're going to see any more just land creatures anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I do love this card, and you know, it's it's there's so many cool things like Bogles. You know, will fetch this to sack so that you don't have to sack your Bogle. Like just neat interactions that involve this card. Um, so I'm I'm happy to see it here. Yeah, yeah, just, um, just a, a nice functional card that everyone probably needs one of in their collection, and uh, yeah, just oh, yeah. prints it, prints it, makes sure it's just like a dollar, two dollar card, and uh, or you know um, somewhere below five dollars, I think is a, a, a is reasonable, and uh, yeah, just, just I think it's a good reprint. Yeah, I agree. I say, well, I think uh, many cards should be under five dollars that aren't, but exactly. Yeah. Um, speaking of good reprints, uh, Pongify. Um, I like this card because it makes you return to monkey. It's uh, a blue for instant destroy target creature. It can't be regenerated. Its controller creates a three three green ape creature token. This you know you can use it on yourself to get rid of your one one. You can use it on your opponent to get rid of their big thing, and they get a they get an ape. Mm -hmm. 
What's not to love? Yeah, this card is absolutely pongers for sure. <laughs> I was hoping you'd make that joke. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you for setting it up. Um, uh, oh, this is a good card, and uh, I'm sure there are lots of people that want to see this card return. I mean, it is a classic card from this time spiral block. Um, I, I just, I wish that. Um, I understand they can't print like the beast with uh, the beast within version of this. I just I don't like this effect being in blue, and uh, I know that this is just a supplemental set, just harkening back to you know Magic's history. Um, but um, I just I, I'm at the point where I'm kind of wincing whenever I see wizards embracing this effect or this uh, effect in blue. I really wish they would just be like that's in the past. We're not printing those cards again. If we print this card, you know this is a white effect, and we are uh, committed to that by making sure that every yeah. time we print this effect it is in white so yeah great card but you know it, it's kind of not the direction i want wizards to be thinking blue needs to go in that's fair i think and i think they agree with you for the most part i think it's mostly been green since although you know we did just get a blue card. maybe it's just a bant effect and we just got to live with that and maybe white can be good in other ways that's what i'm leaning toward in terms of trying to be realistic i think if, if i designed magic it would probably be the way that you said Right. Yeah. But in terms of being realistic, like I guess we just can be happy with it being a Bant effect. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, either way, sick art. I love Pongify. Oh yeah. Always good to see it back. You've got on this next card a card that's very good, but I'm too stupid to understand why. Tell us about it. All right. I have never cast this card. I don't plan on buying any copies of this card, but I have to talk about it. This is Vesuva. Uh, I don't think anyone's ever cast this card. <laughs> This is a this is a very classic commander card. Uh, you know, it's a it's a non-basic land. You may have Vesuva enter the battlefield tapped as a copy of any land on the battlefield. Um, just right there, you can already tell it's very powerful. You either you know, copy a powerful land that you have, or you copy an opponent uh, opponent's powerful land. This is a um, you know a powerful commander card that it that goes in almost every deck, and uh, it's one of those things where all you know pretty much. Every commander player needs at least one copy of this, and it's a very expensive card. So, yeah, it's being yeah. reprinted at Mythic, but more copies are getting into uh, the population. And uh, yeah, I, I think every every player who's serious about commander needs at least one copy of this card. So, um, I, I mean, I really wish it were in a like a commander deck. I think that would make a lot more sense. But I mean, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It is it is a very expensive card, and um, this is not my type of card but i'm glad that this the commander community is getting a reprint of this card and this is like like a lot like a damnation this is the place to reprint it would have been a huge miss if it wasn't in the set so i'm glad they're bringing it back oh yeah this is also a huge legacy and vintage card from what i understand that makes there's sense, a lot yeah. of combos um you can like get another tabernacle maybe i know you can get uh you can I, i'm pretty sure this combos with uh Thing in the ice too. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. that makes sense. So, yeah, or not thing in the ice. Um, dark depths. The thing that makes merit lodge. Yeah, dark depths. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know why it's a thing in the ice. I, it is literally a thing in the in the ice. So mm -hmm. never mind, I was right. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Vesuva would have been a, a huge thing to get angry about if they didn't reprint it. Sucks that it's a mythic, but it's here at least. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, so that's my last pick. I think you have one more pick, uh, a, a common, yeah. uh, rounding it out with a common, but a powerful one and one that's close to my heart as well. Yeah, I was going to say, this is one I was very surprised you didn't pick because this is like right up your alley. Uh, Rift Bolt, two and a red. 
Sorcery, Rift Bolt deals three damage to any target. Suspend one for one red. So the theory behind this was Lightning Bolt isn't broken if you have to warn your opponent about it a turn ahead of time. And I think that's pretty correct. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, your opponent gets a chance to react to it. You're not going to play something that you want to get hit by the Rift Bolt, or you're going to maybe make sure you leave up something to protect your creature. Yeah, I think this is a good design. Uh, I did not recognize this art. I, was this the original art, Will? You probably know. Yes, that is original art. My Rift Bolts look exactly like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I just remember the reprint, which just looks like a generic lightning bolt yeah. in the air. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I love this art. This is really cool. Yeah, this one's good. This is the classic Rift Bolt for me. Um, yeah, um, I think I mentioned this on podcasts before, but Wizards has getting so close to printing Lightning Bolt, and they just won't do it. Um, like Wizards Lightning. Uh, um, um, what, what's the uh, what's the spectacle one? Um, go, no. Uh, oh, uh, Skewer the Critics. Yeah, yeah, Skewer skew the Critics. Um, and other stuff like that. They keep getting very close to that. And I think Rift Bolt is uh, like the cl- one of the closest they've ever gotten to just reprinting Lightning Bolt. And the, for a long time, this has been Lightning Bolt's number probably um, uh, eight to sixteen, uh, or um, was it twelve to sixteen, uh, something like that, in like a Legacy yeah. Burn lists. Uh, yeah, just a, a classic card. Um, anyone who wants to play Burn in a uh, uh, in a uh, g- constructive format needs copies of these they do still have value even though it's a common um but yeah so it's good that there's getting more copies out there and uh yeah do you think that rift bolt would be um a um safe to print in standard uh i have some hot takes about what's safe to print in standard i think yes I think so, too. Yeah, I mean, Suspend shouldn't be in Standard, but I do think that uh, uh, this power level of Bolt is appropriate for um, Standard. And you can always just cast it for three, three mana. You, you can always just do Sorcery uh, sorcery Speed uh, Bolt. Why don't you think Suspend is safe for Standard? It's, it's not that the mechanic is unsafe. It's that um, Suspend is incongruent with, like, good magic design i think uh yeah yeah um i i do think the suspend it plays a bit better than it looks um but it is really confusing and they had to do a lot of rules tinkering to make it work and i do think that um it doesn't really add anything to the game that is like nothing was missing from the game that suspend fixed you know, it's it's like, uh, okay. yeah, it, it's just, it's far too complicated. And like what they're trying to do probably could have done, been done more elegantly in a different way. And the game would be better for that. Um, so, okay. yeah, I just don't think suspend is like something that Wizards is looking to like, heart, you know, go back to and have be a, like a, a major part of magic moving forward, you know? Okay. Yeah, I think I get that. Sure. Okay. Okay. Well, that's our pick. Would... Yeah, so. No, you're fine. I would love to have them fix it, but yeah, I don't know. I love it. It's just been one of my favorite mechanics. I understand it's very unwieldy. Yeah, but yeah. It, it's yeah. just not. It's not clean design, and Magic seems to really want those like super rockable, easily understood, uh, clean designs. Um, like so. Colossal Dreadmaw. That, yeah, that's that's true. That's true. Uh, okay, so those are our picks for regular cards. There's a lot of awesome stuff happening in the normal set, but let's be honest. Most of us are super excited for the time shifted cards. Um, you know, these are all printed in old border. You're going to get one per pack. I think there's 121 of these cards. All throughout the the history of Magic, all the way from the beginning up to some pretty recent cards, um, and 
people are going crazy for these and we're going crazy oh, yeah. for these so we're doubling our list and uh talking about our top i think it's like 10 each um but yeah we, and we had to pair both of us had to pair these lists down we have a lot that we want to talk about and uh why don't we just go straight into it with our favorite time shifted cards uh for the set yeah you've got the first one my first pick is Lingering Souls. And let's be honest, I think this is a joint pick for both of us. I know that you're excited about this card too. Um, and I want to go ahead and explain my, my thought process for all of the time-shifted cards that I picked. Um, there are a lot of great cards on the time-shifted sheet. But I think that if you're going to choose cards for Magic's History to reprint an old border, you do have to be thoughtful about it. Um, I There are cards that I think were really good choices uh, for the old border and some that were not. And there's a couple of reasons for that. And, and one of them, I would say, um, one of them would be just iconicness. And I, I think that Lingering Souls has that as well. Um, but I... People who want these old borders, I think, are really excited about pairing them with other old border cards. Uh, so my mm. other reason for picking Lingering Souls and some of my other cards is that this old border Lingering Souls is going to be perfect for those who are playing Lingering Souls in older formats. I know that it sees some legacy play. Uh, and uh, you know, um, and you know, older formats like that. So I'm glad that Lingering Souls is getting a uh, an, uh, an old school frame to go with those uh, decks. And, and again, this is just an iconic card. I think lots of people are going to want this. Yeah, absolutely. Another reason that I was going to pick Lingering Souls if you didn't was that. Um, sorry, the cat is chewing up the carpet and I don't want us to lose our deposit, so I'm having to spray her with a bottle. Um, <laughs> they decided to go back to putting the little gravestone yes. in the corner of cards that um, interact with the graveyard. Um, and I was curious what your thoughts were on that. I think it's a bit of an eyesore. I still love the way that this looks. And I think they did a pretty good job of, you know, like you said, you got to be conscious of which cards you pick and you got to pick cards that the art meshes well with the old border. And I think this art of lingering souls is certainly one of those cards. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with the, um, with the gravestone. Yeah. I do think that it's a little weird, but it's iconic. There are a lot of things in magic that are kind of bad, but are just so a part of the game now that we just put up with them and we love them for it. Uh, I think suspend might be a good example of that, uh, where it, you know, we love it because it's a part of magic and it's not going anywhere, even though, you know, it, it's implementation was probably not the best or most elegant. Um, definitely sloppy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, there's a reason, Reason that the um, graveyard, the little gravestone uh, um, icon went away after one block, um, but we're bringing it back because it is kind of iconic. It's on iconic cards. So um, I'm glad they brought it back. I think it's very interesting and it's something that they could choose not to do if they ever revisit this idea. But yeah, it, it's just a really cool nod to those uh, you know people in the know about old school magic. So That's fair. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, if, if I was really excited for, um, an old border lingering souls and I felt that the gravestone was an eyesore, this would be a bit of a disappointment because sure. it would mean I would probably never get that without that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I see where you're coming from. I hear, um, I hear you. I would say I actually kind of prefer the original art, um, as opposed to this art, but, um, this, this doesn't look terrible in this, in this frame. 
You need those ghost titties. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, how about your first? Oh, this is this is not a uh, surprise at all. I know exactly why you picked this card. No, I I, I came out running. Um, this is one of my favorite cards. Uh, Band and Commander for some fucking reason, the cornerstone of my Mono Green Devotion Modern deck and my Threat of Choice in Ponza. Primeval Titan, four double green, trample, six, six. When nature calls, run. Uh, when Primeval Titan enters the battlefield or attacks, you may search your library for two land cards, not basic land cards, just land cards, put them on the battlefield tap, and then shuffle your library. I think this art was a great pick for Old Border, uh, and I hope I get some of these because I really like the way it looks. This one's a home run. Classic art, meshes really well with the new uh, frame, um, time-proven card, uh, great for cubes, um, legacy, uh, modern. Um, I, I don't think you can play this in Commander, but yeah, tons of people are going to want this. This is just a home run card. Great choice. Unfortunate that it's banned in Commanders because that's a format for poop-diapered whiners. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, a card that is not for poop diapered whiners, but uh, really sophisticated adults. Tell us about this next card. No, actually, it might be. Um, oh, there is something super weird about merfolk players. Can, can we just say that out out loud? Um, like people, yeah, who are their so eyes are really fucked up and like shifty looking. People who are like who their thing in Magic is like, I love merfolk. I play merfolk in every format that I can. Um, it's just it's just weird. Just stop it. I don't care how popular your YouTube channel is. Just. <laughs> Sorry, they're sorry. like the horse girls of magic. Uh, sorry, professor, please like us. Uh, but okay, so they are reprinting Master of the Pearl Trident in Old Border. This one I think is a home run. Um, basically, this is a uh, updated version of Lord of Atlantis. Um, it's a two mana uh, Merfolk Lord, so two blue mana, two two other Merfolk creatures you control get plus one plus one have Island Walk. Um, like legacy and uh, merfolk that see play in vintage are all super old and i think it's perfect that a card that is basically a lore of atlantis gets the old border treatment so it fits in with your other lord of atlantises and other older merfolk cards so yeah I, this is definitely something that merfolk players would really really uh like and i wouldn't be surprised if this ends up being a very expensive card yeah, I, I think I, I agree. I couldn't give a shit about Merfolk. I hate tribal decks because they all just feel like the same deck. It's just two mana, two twos to give other guys plus one, plus one, and sometimes another ability. And, like, every color has a tribal deck that plays the same as all the other tribal decks. It feels like, I know there's a little nuance in there, but I just think they're really boring. Uh, but I'm glad that Merfolk players have this, I guess. I mean, you know, one step closer to a modern Merfolk deck that's all old border. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, yeah, I, th yeah. I, think they, I think this is... The people who love this are really, really going to love it. So. Yeah. I'm just not the people who love this. <laughs> but you love Bloodbraid Elf, right? <laughs> I do love Bloodbraid Elf. I still have your playset of Bloodbraid Elves, and I'll probably send them back to you once I get four no, of these. Oh, man. I, this is not the time to have this conversation, but no, man. They're, they're your Bloodbraid Elves now. But, uh, but I won't them, need them once I have these. Tell us why you like Bloodbraid Elf. Because uh, I like it when you cascade into a spell that's good. And you have a lot. You paid four mana and you got seven mana worth of cards. And that's good. And it's strong and you attack Jace with it. And it's good and you hate little Teferi. Fuck that guy. And it's you get more mana. You play the one. You get two card. You for two, you get you for one. You get the two. You seven mana. It's a lot of very good. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good card. I have to say, um, 
being at, like this card having haste makes it feel so good to play with because it really oh, yeah. the just the haste part like this would I think this would still be a um, a, a very good card if it was um, just three two four mana cascade but the fact that it has mm. haste on top of it really makes it feel like you're getting a ton of value on top of it and you really are um, yeah so just classic card um, I played Jund and Standard back when you know that was uh, the thing to do so Bloodbraid Elf has mm. A, um, a big place in my heart. Um, I, I, as much as I love Bloodbraid Elf, I don't think I, I particularly want it in the old border. Because to me, Bloodbraid Elf is a modern card. It's very yeah. much a part of like the new, uh, like the, 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 not new school, but like um, it, it's a part of a newer era of magic. And I, I think that it should exist inside that sphere. Um, uh, you know, uh, but I do understand that Bloodbraid Elf gets played with older cards. So there are definitely people who want to pair old, old, uh, for, uh, uh pair old frame Bloodbraid Elf with other old frame cards. But just for me, it's a modern card. So I think I'll, I'll stick with my, uh, modern, uh, frame ones for this one. It's fair. I, I really like the way it looks. Um, any version of Bloodbraid Elf just makes me quiver with value. Um, I love this card. I like this art the best. Um, and I, I think it looks really snazzy with the old border. I'm one of the few people who likes the sort of turd soup background on the multicolored old border cards. Yeah. Um, and so I want the, I know, I know that's a point of contention among a lot of players, but I, I want these blood rails. I like that, um, better, the way that it looks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, no, great, great choice. So lots of people are going to go crazy for this one. Yeah. Um, Lots of soy faces. Um, so a card that I did not expect and that I was kind of surprised by, and this card makes me glad that they're not just, like, doing cycles mm -hmm. um, in the old border because then they would either have had to exclude this or include four cards no one gave a shit about. So tell, uh, but this is this is clearly the the better one of the cycle, and I'm glad that they included an old border. Tell us about Leyline of the Void. Uh, yeah, absolutely. To your point, yeah. The, uh, so we don't get things like a Sun Titan, or um, I mean, there are good Titans, but Prime Time is the one that everyone wants. So it's, it's yeah, good. Yeah, Sun Titan's also fine. The blue one is just terrible. The, the blue one was very good for its time, but uh, yeah, you're right. I don't think anyone really wants Frost Titan in these ti uh, time shifted cards. But yes, yeah. um, I picked Leyline of the Void. Um, sometimes you. You just have to for you know four of leyline of the void in your um sideboard to uh um combat a um degenerate graveyard meta um this is one of those cards where everyone just needs four copies because sometimes you're just going to need four copies out of your sideboard um and um you know this is also a very um important card for older formats which is why i think it makes a lot of sense to reprint this in the old frame so that's why i selected it everyone needs four copies so it's good that there's more copies out there for everyone to pick uh, pick them up and yeah. uh and the um this is a card where the old frame really makes sense um so i i think this was a good a good a good choice i iconic card um everyone needs them and the the frame is a good fit yeah i think it, with this art especially because i know that we've seen a couple arts on this and this is the one from the original ravnica block i like it a lot yeah that's with the old border yeah not, not, um, much, not much else to say it's just you know hey bring your graveyard hate when you need it yeah. So my next one is a bit of a wacko pick. Probably one of the less heard, probably one of the cards most people scoff at being an old border. But I have so much fun with this card in my cube, or did, I guess my cube's not together anymore. But Mirror Entity is two and a white for a 1 1 shapeshifter with Changeling. For X mana until end of turn, creatures you control have base power and toughness XX and gain all creature types. Um, so this is a 
like a huge anthem. You know, this is instant speed. You go wide with a bunch of one ones and two twos, and then you pay like five into this, and you just kill your opponent, um, assuming that they can't deal with it. Mirror entity is sweet. I love it a lot. It's a it's one of the best payoff cards for white go wide strategies in limited. And not only am I looking forward to maybe getting to play with this in some uh, sealed or draft of this set, either on Mitgo or with my partner, but also just um, this card existing in Old Border for my cube. I'm just very excited about it. I know I'm probably like one of the very few people who's excited to see Mirror Entity here, but I am very glad. No, I, I think lots of people would be. Um, I, I think I think that Mirror Entity sees a little bit of play in Legacy as a kind of a one or two up for creature-based decks. It's clearly powerful. That format never ceases to astound me. It, it, it's um, it's uh, it's clearly powerful. Um, you know, it has Changeling, so it, you know fits into a lot of um, you know um, creature-based uh, or um, creature-type-based uh, things. But yeah, I know it's a huge cube card, uh, and I know a lot of people want these um, uh, old border frames for cube. So this is just a in for all those people who want uh, a fancy new version uh, to put in their cube, and uh, yeah, no, I think I think a lot of people like this card, even though its uh, play is a little diminished these days. Uh, but yeah, I, I think lots of people would be excited for this. I, I do not think you're alone. Oh, good. All right. Well, I, I am I am definitely excited for this. I don't feel special anymore. Thank you, Will. <laughs> yep. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I I guess maybe I don't have as hot of a take as I thought. Um, I just figured this would be one of the ones people would complain about because I didn't know it saw any constructed play. Um, but uh, speaking of cards that see no constructed play, tell us about Thoughtseize. Uh, <laughs> okay, all right. It's Thoughtseize. I don't know what you all want me to say. Um, Thoughtseize old... effect. Yeah, Thoughtseize, Old Border, I think probably the best art they could have picked for it. They've done a little, oh, yeah. they've done a few different arts for Thoughtseize. This is the, the classic one. Looks really great in this frame. I think this is one of the home, home runs for art matching old frame. Yeah, th this absolute home run here and uh, foils of these are going to be through the roof. If you open one, you, you won the lottery. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think they're um, like five hundred dollars right now oh, yeah that sounds about right yeah this is uh, yeah. just great inclusion like glad they got it in there and uh just hope hope this is what you open yeah absolutely this or chalice yeah for sure um yeah so hope this is what you open in limited we've got treasure cruise seven and a blue for a sorcery with delve each card you exile from your graveyard while casting the spell pays for one draw three cards um, this card is banned in Modern and Legacy. I don't think that they finalized the set before this card was banned in Legacy, because it was banned like two years ago now. Uh -huh. um, but Treasure Cruise is definitely an iconic card. It sees a lot of commander play, because um, a lot of times it is just Ancestral Recall at Sorcery Speed. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, when this card was legal in Modern, like Blue-Red Blitz was like the only good deck. Um, this card was it ran trains on Standard when it was legal. I played the uh, Jeskai Ascendancy combo, with uh, four treasure crews and four dig through time, that um, yeah, was an interesting time. It was a very fun format for me. Um, yeah, treasure cruises uh, has definitely earned its uh, its infamy, and to see it here in old border is really cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I wonder who is actually going to want uh, this. I guess it is just commander players that are looking to play uh, Ancestral Recall. It's um, yeah, yeah, it, it's interesting because it's not an expensive card. It was a common in a really open set, but you know, like I, I guess there are people who you know who play this in cube and uh, you know, commander stuff like that who who would want this. But it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting that in this context, it is kind of just filler. 
though. You know, like, like people want it, but this is to make sure you're not opening up um, thought seizes and chalices every single pack, right? They had to put something in there that was fit the theme that people, some people would actually want, but is kind of a mess in terms of what you're opening up, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, they had some of the, the cards have to be duds, and I would rather it be a dud that's an iconic card than um, something like, I don't know, just like a two-mana 2-2. Two, two. Um, right, this was a good pick. This was a good pick for that. Yeah, this was probably the best dud they could have put in there. And it's not exactly a dud. Like, Commander, uh, one of these in any cube where Blue is messing with the graveyard, pretty much any cube. Um, and then um, this is a in every vintage deck you play a copy of this. So, I mean, I don't know exactly how much vintage is getting played, but, you know, it's there for that. Right, exactly. Yeah, I, I'll say it's a good pick. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, speaking of definite good picks, tell us about your next one. Okay, yeah, so this was a um, Modern Horizons card, I believe. Um, Yogmoth Thran Physician. Uh, I'm not going to read this card. Um, I don't know what it does. I'm not going to try to understand what it does. But I... <laughs> Uh, oh, so okay. So this set was the first time that we got actual factual um, cards for the most iconic magic creature, or not magic creature, magic characters of all time. I'm not talking about Jace. I'm not talking about Liliana. I'm talking about Yogmoth and Urza. So I know that this card does see um, a little bit of modern and legacy play. Um, I, I believe that um, it's a semi-popular commander uh, and stuff, but it just makes sense. If you're going to have Yogmoth in the game as an actual card, it has to be an old border, and that's why I'm picking it. Just like this was a no-brainer to put an old uh, into the old frame because that's where he that's where he belongs. You know, it's uh, it just makes so much sense. I'm glad they did it. Yeah, I think I'm I'm pretty much in the same on the same wave as you. Um, Spice Eight Rack did an excellent video about um, like the dangers of eugenics, um, where he was like dressed as Yogamoth and doing like a Yogamoth motif. And the art of this card now just reminds me of that, and I love that video. So I'm excited to see that here. I think the art meshes really well with the border. I feel like they put a filter over some of this art to make it look older. Huh, that's interesting. Um, I. I, I don't I'm not as familiar with the original card to, to say that, but um, that that's interesting if that's true. It feels like they did that with a lot of the art, but maybe I'm just maybe I'm 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 not coming from the right place. But yeah, I'm very excited that that Yogmoth is here. I think it's a cool looking card. Yeah, great, um, great pick. Yeah, you you picked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm uh, oh, great pick to put in the set for wizards to pick, and also for myself for being such a smart guy to to choose this as my my pick for yeah. the show. Yeah, only your giant brain would put that in the slideshow. Absolutely. Um, so, speaking of giant brains... Uh, and iconic black cards. Yeah. Gary, Merchant of Asphondle. Um, three and double black for a 2-4 zombie. When Gary, Merchant of Asphondle, enters the battlefield, each opponent loses X life, where you X is your devotion to black. You gain life, you go to life lost this way. Iconic modern card recently and a few years ago, an iconic standard card. Yep. Um, yeah, it is currently uh, in standard. Yes, correct. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is very good. A uh, very good card. Um, <laughs> not much to say about this guy other than he's very good, and it's cool that he's available in old border. I don't think he's seen any legacy play, but there are modern mono black devotion decks that like this guy. So, and this is a good cube card too. I bet a lot of people have this in cube, right? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
one thing I love about this is this one is one of the examples of the art, the old art meshing really well with an old frame. I actually really like the way this card looks. I think I do too. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. Yeah, it's, um, I know that we've gotten a new art for him, but I like the old one better, and I think it, they picked the right art for this one for sure. Yeah, the the wheat fields and the gold on the mask and the um, the coins I think really meshes with the uh, the paper like the um, a parchment uh, text box. Uh, I, yeah, it's just a great great looking card. So yeah, get your get your um, uh, copies of this for your uh, standard Moon of Black Devotion deck. Yeah, yeah, for real. Uh, before they rotate. <laughs> <laughs> um. So you've got a next interesting pick, and this is actually the first uh, Magic the Gathering crossover. Uh, they went out of the Magic the Gathering universe to make a card based on the man who invented Real Doll. Tell <laughs> us about Feldon of the Third Path. You know somebody got paid, right? Like, I, I wouldn't know who it was. Did Wizards pay the guy, or did the guy be like, hey, I want a, I want a Magic card. Give me, give me in there. I'll pay you money. Uh, no, so this is Felden of the Third Path. Um, this is another example, just like with Yawgmoth, a classic magic uh, character that finally got a card way too late. Um, you know, this is a super popular card for um, red commanders. Um, you know, he is both a commander and shows up a lot in the 99, especially in artifact-based um, um commander decks like Doretti. Um, and yeah, just like if you're going to have a classic MTG character, you have to put it in the old border. And there are tons of people that want uh, a, a copy of this card uh, in old frame for commander and stuff like that. So, and I just personally love the card as somebody that likes those uh, red based artifact strategies. Just great, great pick here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't speak. I, I don't think I've ever cast this card. Uh, I think it's a very flavorful card for sure, but apparently, yeah, like you said, huge commander card, big, uh, big fan favorite, great flavor, one of the best flavorful cards. Yeah, for sure, and um, and it's it, it's a it's a um, good example of them experimenting with red cards that are not just angry fighting. You know, um, hey, 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 they also exile the top card of your library and let you play it this turn. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, so you can you can tell, um, you know, this is a red card, but this is not a berserker fighting fire or lightning, anything like that. It's a guy being sad about his, his dead wife. So yeah. yeah, and we need more of that in Magic: The Gathering. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we are on a big red train here. Uh, uh, yeah, I maybe should have reordered these. My bad. No, it, no, it's okay. I love red, but Bolton Rain, classic card. Uh, Why did you pick this one? Um, to keep with the theme of killing wives, because um, this can kill Dryad Arbor. I don't know. Um, this is one and double red. Destroy target land. If that land was non-basic, Molten Rain deals two damage to the land's controller. Uh, this was a tie-in with Raytheon. Um, and uh, what's depicted in the art is actually a Yemeni wedding. Ah, <laughs> oh, based. Well, not not the government doing that. You make the joke. <laughs> um, so Molten Rain is a staple card in Ponza. I like Ponza. I'm a simple man. I like taking away your lands. <laughs> uh, I'm pinging you for two also. So uh, Molten Rain's right up my alley. I like that they picked this art. I do plan to get a play set of this. Great popper card uh, too. I know that um, like um, Mona Red uh, strategies can use this, and they have a lot of old border cards. So this uh, old bo uh, old border molten rain will slot right in. It'll look real great. Um, do you get 
are the are the cards from this set subset that are supposed to be rare? Are they actually rarer than the other ones? Like, will I get more molten rains than I get Kiki Kikis, or are they supposed to be collated the same? I my understanding is that they are collated the same. It's like its own type of rarity. Um, That's actually pretty huge, then. I, I don't I don't know. Um, it's possible that, that that that's not completely true. I think it may be one of those things where they're kind of telling us how it works, but not actually giving us the math behind it. Uh, I'm not yeah. I'm not sure. Um, I would expect to open more molten rains than the important cards, but um, I don't know what the math's going to be. I guess we will see once people actually start opening up these packs. Yeah. Sorry to, to have a detour. You've picked a card that both of us find quite interesting. Uh, this is the first combo I ever got with Dami and Modern without really understanding what it uh, did. Mm. So tell us about Kiki Jiki the Mirror Breaker. Yeah, Kiki Jiki, a beloved card. Um, it, it, this is not a card I played a lot of when I was um, you know, first starting Magic, but this was a part of Magic when I first started. So you know, uh, Kamigawa was a huge point for me uh, in my Magic playing career, and uh, you know, this card, huge tournament pedigree. Um, you know, lots of uh, lots of wombo combos out there that you can do with this. Um, there are still people out there trying to play sl a Splinter Twin just with. Kiki Jiki instead of Splinter Twin. Um, you know, lots of people love it. Um, lot, uh, you know, lots of people use it as a commander card. And I have to say, this card is one of the ones that looks the coolest with the old frame. I want one of these. If I buy any one card from Time Spiral Remastered, I think it's going to be this old border Kiki Jiki just because I love it so much and it looks really? so good. I, I, I think this thing looks gorgeous. I do think it looks excellent. I think um, the type line on the old border legendary creatures looks a little bit awkward, I will say. Sure. It's a little too many words to fit in that tiny type line. But I think this is, like, of all the arts that mesh well with the old border, this one's probably the most. Yeah, and, and people sure. are definitely going to be excited about this one. Absolutely, yeah. Lots of soy faces. You also only really need one of these to cord into it in that deck. Oh. So, you know, you don't need to buy a playset of this like you would with, like, Old Border Thoughtseize or something. Yeah, abso absolutely. Um, yeah, so, uh, it, it, yeah, it's the perfect, like, get one, have it in your collection. Uh, and, uh, and, yeah, and it just gets more copies out there because um, I know lots of, oh, people, yeah. lots of people can benefit from having one of these in their collection. So, yeah, love, love that, they're, that they uh, gave this such a, a gorgeous treatment. Oh, yeah, as do I. Speaking of gorgeous treatments, this is the card I was probably the most uh, surprised that you did not pick, because I know this is a favorite of yours. It was on my short list, yeah. Yeah. We've got uh, Muldrifter, four and a blue for an elemental, 2-2, two -two, flying. When Muldrifter enters the battlefield, draw two cards, and it's got Evoke for two and a blue. So this is a divination that you can also cast as a 2-2 two -two flyer for five, basically. Mm -hmm. You can also do funny things like evoking it and then blinking it, uh before it dies and then you get to draw two more cards and you get to keep them all drifter just silly stuff like that yeah um this card sees play in i think literally any cube that you haven't put a stipulation on that prevents small drifter from being played mm -hmm. um like popper or like rares only or whatever um and i think that's for good reason this card is basically modal it plays really well uh, it's iconic um it fits into a lot of different archetypes pretty much anything blue could be wanting to do uh, yeah, Muldrifter, I think, is definitely one of my favorite Magic cards of all time. So I'm really happy to see it with this old border, and I'd love to pull one or two. A lot of people um, love Muldrifter. Like, this this is a this is like a, a touchstone of Magic for a lot of players. Um, oh, yes, yeah. Lots of places you can play this. Lots of people are going to want these old borders specifically to match with other cards. Yeah, this is just, again, just 
classic card um, that really makes sense to be in, in the old frame. Um, so yeah, so um, glad glad that this, this is here, but I feel bad for the people who are not looking for this card who open it instead of like a Thoughtseize or a Yogg-Moth or a, uh, you know, a Chalice, uh, stuff like that. Um, again, again, good that it's in there, but it is kind of serving as filler for those more high ticket items, so. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm just not mad about any of the filler cards because they're all at least good. <laughs> that, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Th again, probably the best they could have done with us. Yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of filler cards that are definitely still good, um, tell us about Young Pyro. We really should have swapped this in uh, Mole Drifter so we could have kept our uh, red train going. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Tell us about our favorite SoundCloud record. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, hey, mixtapes about the drop. Young Pyromancer, I believe, has solidly taken the mantle of the iconic Red Two Drop. Uh, would would you say that that's true? Like in the in the um, uh, vein of um, uh, a Stoneforge Mystic and a Dark Confidant Tarmogoyf, would you say that this is a part of that cycle now? Snapcaster, yeah, I think I think it's earned its place. It's the only one that's not a rare. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very interesting. But yeah, for a while we were wanting to know what that card was going to be, and I think Young Pyromancer um, took it. Um, good card uh, has uh, proven its tournament pedigree, sees play in lots of different places. Yeah. Um, again, this is a card that uh, is paired up a lot with older cards, and that's why I think it makes sense for the um, uh, for the old border. Even even though it's a Young Pyromancer, I think that's earned its old border. Yeah, it's definitely seasoned. <laughs> that's true actually i i don't think season pyromancer would have been a terrible pick uh for oh this. i don't think so either i mean i've seen uh, it's still putting up a shitload of results it's obviously a very good card but it would be more value right for sure I was, I was disappointed they didn't pick a planeswalker i wanted to see what their take on what a planeswalker would look like in old border would be and i was hoping for like lily of the veil or renin six or some one of the expensive ones jace the mind sculptor yeah i just wanted to see how they fit a planeswalker into the old border I would have liked to have seen that too, but um, I but yeah, I I understand why they would not have uh, tried that. Uh, but may, maybe in the future, maybe we'll get a one-off like a promo of an old border uh, a planeswalker, especially after they see the fervor that these uh, old borders are causing. Yeah. Um, so next we've got Field of Ruin. I like this card a lot. I think it's a really elegant solution to the sort of wasteland problem. Like how powerful can we make lands that get rid of other lands? Because obviously they need to exist in order for them to be able to print good duels and like lands with strong effects. And I think Field of Ruin is a pretty elegant solution. I like this art. I think it meshes well with the old border. This it just feels good. I think it's a good card. Yeah, for sure. It's a good yeah, Field of Ruin definitely seems to be they found the sweet spot. Right, and and they were like, we like this. It's it's playable in modern and other formats. Um, so they they've clearly gone all in on Field of Ruin is like what we want um, land destruction to be, and it's a it's a good place for it to be. So it totally makes sense. Once they found that spot, they have been just reprinting it over and over again. So here's just a special version for the people who want an older border. Yeah. So yeah, good yeah. good choice. Uh, and. Uh, uh, do you think that Wasteland would have been way too much for the time-shifted cards? Because obviously no. people would have gone crazy for that. Um, no, I think you, it would have been totally fine. You think that would have been too much value for the time-shifted cheat? Well, I don't think there's such thing as too much value. The boxes are going for $200. All right, fair enough, fair enough. The, MSR, the fake MS, sorry, the non-MSRP is $200. So I feel like they definitely could have put Wasteland in there, but whatever. Um, I have some bad news, though, Will. What's that? 
Uh, Mom found the piss chalice. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Um, but, uh, well, luckily she didn't find the chalice of the void, uh, which is, what, which is what, what I'm worried about. Uh, so chalice of the void, classic magic card. Um, a bane of my existence, because I do not want to see this come across uh, the board when I'm playing Infect. But, you know, super expensive card. It's getting an old, uh, old frame border, which is very appropriate for the amount of a play and where it sees play. Um, just needed a reprint, uh, you know, any reprint. Uh, and we got this special one, which is a little unfortunate that it's going to be, you know, so rare and kind of out of the hands of the people that need it. But it is a reprint for those that want it. And uh, yeah, the foils of this are also going to be through the roof. So this yeah, is. Yeah, they're about 400. This is. <laughs> Foil or non-foil, this is one of the cards you are looking to open uh, when when you're yeah. cracking packs. Absolutely, and what a tournament pedigree it has, and hopefully it will be a less of a less of a bane of your existence now that Simeon Spirit Guide is no longer legal in Modern, mm. so they can't slap down a Chalice on one on turn one. Uh, well, without Chancellor of the Tangle, yeah. but I don't think we'll be doing that just to do that. But I don't know, Magic Player surprises sometimes. But yeah, I think Chalice of the Void is such a cool, unique design. For a, especially for a prison card. Um, so I'm happy to see it reprinted here. I like the card a lot. And I think it meshes well with the border. It really brings up the value of the set if that's something you're concerned about. So yeah, for sure. Right. Great pick. Um, this next card is one I know has a lot of fans. This is one of those cards. It's almost like Merfolk in the way that if you like this card, you love the card and you try to play it in every single deck that you can get. So there are, there are absolutely Knight of the Reliquary stands out there. Uh, why are you excited to see it in Times File Remastered? I'm kind of one of those people. I do like throwing these into Coco and then playing some weird lands like the white one that gives a creature protection from a color when it comes in just so you can kind of get them. Um, so your tap ability on the Knight of the Reliquary can become something spicy. Um, but it's also just a really good card. It's often like a three mana eight, eight, um, late in the game once you've like fetched and stuff. Um, I just think it's a card that's definitely earned its stripes. Uh, it's weird for, to see a card that still sees play in modern, but is like a three mana two, two that doesn't have an enters the battlefield trigger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing, it doesn't do anything the turn it comes in, but it's just strong enough to still see play in modern anyway. And I do love that. But, um, so yeah, that would be Knight of the Reliquary. Um, I I think this card is super cool. You can Coco into it. There there was a silly combo with it a while ago, and you know Magic players love silly combos. Oh yeah, yeah, they're they're um, absolutely degenerate. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. With that blue, with the blue retreat, retreat, retreat to Kazandu. Mm -hmm. yep. I don't remember. Um, retreat to Kazakhstan, something. <laughs> um, and you could untap it over and over again. Um, so yeah, very excited to see that. I am also excited to see this one. Now this one's your pick, but this is another one that would have been on my list if it wasn't on yours. Um, I hate this art. <laughs> I don't like it at all. I like the newer art better, but I'm glad that they made this an old border card. The art is part of why I'm picking it, to be honest. Um, but, but real quick, I'm I do actually really like this art um, for a mul multiple of reasons. I want to go back just a, a bit ago. There's just something about the um, the characters that they created for the Bant Shard and Shards of Alara that have the Magic players absolutely simping. There is something. I think it's a grip. 
I, I think I think it is. But I remember back then it was like a real big thing to be super into like all of the um, you know female bant characters. Um, you know, Elspeth, uh, Noble Hierarch, uh, Nia the Reliquary. I remember people having these uh, play mats with all three of those characters um, with a really derogatory name attached. Unfortunately, um, but there's some, oh no yeah there's something about like the 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 bant um, the bant women that people just like go absolutely crazy for. Um, and I do say that as an Elspeth and Noble Hierarch fan, uh, but um, just an interesting thing. I, I, I don't know what it is. Fitting time spiral episode that you're telling me about cringe from the past. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I, I, maybe magic players just want to be stepped on and these lawful good, you know, um, uh, bant women are just willing to do it because, you know, um, degeneracy needs to be stamped out. Waiting for the Resident Evil Village um, Universes Beyond Commander deck. <laughs> that is actually, yeah, that's actually really good. But okay, move on real quick. Uh, Solemn Simulacrum, classic card, um, sees tons of playing Commander and Cube, I believe. But this is um, this is a special printing because uh, it's it's in the old border. It looks great in this border, I think. And they are reprinting it with its original. Um, uh, invitational art. Um, so, you know, this was back when uh, you could uh, win a special tournament and then make a magic card and have yourself, have your likeness put into the art. So the person who developed Solemn Simulacrum, this is who that is in the art. Um, oh, you're telling me that there's a magic player who is a cyborg? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's why you'll never be um, uh, good at the top tables is because you're competing against robots. Damn, but, I'm really getting deep blued over here. But part of why I like this so much is that it is, uh, for a while, anytime that they reprinted invitational cards, they gave it new art. They removed the person from the art. And this is actually one of the first times that they have decided to go back to the invitational art and uh, and put the likeness back in. Um, and I'm really glad that they did, because one, it's just the original art, and two, it I think that this looks really good. Uh, the contrast between the blue art and the um, brown border definitely looks a lot better than that washed out, um, the washed out artifact frame from original Mirrodin. So I think lots of people are going to want this card. Well, I feel like they probably had to ask his permission mm -hmm. uh, to get it in there. Um, Bob Garfield or whatever. Is. Bob Garfield. <laughs> oh, that's the fucking NPR news host. God damn it. Sure, sure, sure. Um, um, but, you, you know, whoever, whatever his name was, Jim Davis, I don't know. That, that's the guy who wrote Garfield. Yes. Jim but that's Jim, also Jim a magic guy. Okay, the point is they probably had to ask his permission, and that's why we haven't seen, like, a Snapcaster with Tiago Chan or um, whatever the other ones were. It must suck to, like, get your invitational card printed, and then it just sucks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I think that um, it's been a while since that that, that has happened. I think... Uh, I bring that back. Rakdos Augur Mage is probably the biggest example of a card just being absolutely terrible. But, Rakdos uh, Augur Mage. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. Um, uh, I, was about to, I was about to say, if you don't, then that proves my point exactly. But um, yeah, yeah I, I just think this was a great way to bring it back and it just looks great. And I'm happy that this is uh, coming back. Oh yeah, for sure. So our last pick is one of my picks, and this is again one of those cards that like it's definitely not the money card, but you're happy to see it. Um, and this is Thraben Inspector. That's uh, one white for a one-two human soldier, and when it enters the battlefield, you investigate. You get a clue. 
you may remember our, our uh, Fixing White episode. We talked about maybe making clues a little bit more present and making them a white thing. I think this art meshes really well with the old border, despite it being kind of Innistrad, drawsy themed uh, And I think this card just looks really good. Um, I think the white cards suffer on the old border a little bit from it being difficult to read the type line and the name and the power and toughness, but maybe they'll look different in paper and they'll look better. We'll see. But I do really love the way that this favorite inspector uh, looks, and I, I I will be excited to pull some of these potentially. Man, white takes the L once again, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it uh, really cannot stop taking Ls. But I do like the way that Thraven Inspector looks. And it, it, this card's great and limited. It'll be fun to play with this unlimited. Lots of people love this card. And uh, it just got brought to Historic through the Historic Anthology. Um, you know, that's another oh, yeah. thing that we were talking about. So lots of people are oh, thinking... Yeah, lots of people are thinking about this card right now. And uh, yeah, it just it just seems to be at that good power level. Like this is just the power level of a one drop in white that people want. Uh, and it, and it, it's not card draw but you know you you get a little bit more um card advantage uh in some form with this card so yeah yeah in terms of like not to use the term filler but you know those kind of lower value cards that people still want and to open to make sure that you're not just opening up chalices all the time i think this is a good pick yeah i i i like this card a lot um i think it is definitely definitely earned its place here i'm i'm excited to get a few copies of this for sure yeah absolutely well that is the end of all of our time spiral cards man there's a lot that we're talking about here um so let's just do a little bit of discussion um now that we've kind of talked about our favorite cards how do we like the set overall do you think that do you think this is a great product overall um is there anything glaring about it that you dislike or are you really liking how they decided to bring time spiral back I'm really loving it. I honestly feel like it was a good call. This kind of came out of left field, but I'm looking forward to them maybe doing this with like Innistrad block or like other blocks that have a lot of high value cards. Uh, I think they did it really well. I'm I'm looking at the cards and I'm just excited. Uh, I think I am going to be getting a box of this set. Yeah, it's mostly COVID, it, but right. Yeah, I I really like how they did this. Um, I'm trying to think of any like awful like uh, things that they missed um, that should be in the set. And uh, in terms of the actual set proper, I can't really think of anything. They really did hit like almost all of the notes that you um, that you would want uh, from this, including Tarmogoyf, uh, including Damnation. You know, um, so oh, that's a like it, it's it's telling that our list didn't even include Tarmogoyf. <laughs> There's so many good cards in this set. Yeah, and no one really cares about Tarmogoyf anymore, unfortunately. Hey, it still sees modern play. Yeah, absolutely. It's still a great card. But, uh, yeah, yeah uh, the set overall, I, I, yeah, I just, I can't think of anything that they, um, you know, missed out of the main set that they should have included. The time-shifted sheet, uh, even the stuff that I am considering to be filler is still stuff that people want, uh, want to see in the old border. Still stuff you wouldn't feel super awful opening. And there are some really good hits. I know they only had 121 cards, so they had to be you know picky in a certain sense but like they got stuff that really needed to be reprinted where it should have been reprinted and some stuff that like just everyone needs copies of and uh you know just a, a new fun way um to get out the uh, get cards out in there so overall i'm happy with this set i do have to i do have to say because i i mean it again it's 2021 is anyone really paying, playing Paper Magic these days? And we talked a little bit about that earlier, but like, I'm not actually going to get to play any of this. Um, it's not on Arena. Um, I'm, I mean, 
there are people who are on magic online these days but you know ma uh, you know online magic has really shifted away from magic online so it's available there but it's not really super accessible there that's to, not where people are going that's Quiet. not where, exactly exactly and yeah. it just i that's the one thing for me it's like i know why they don't want to put this on arena but like at this point in time it's a little weird that we're getting so excited for what is essentially a paper only set in the era of magic arena you know so that that's something that yeah it's it's a little unfortunate that i can't enjoy it in the way that i've grown to enjoy magic over the last year and i'm feeling a little sad about that I guess I get that. I, I will say Paper Magic is my favorite kind of magic still, uh, and I will be buying a box and playing um, four rounds of Sealed mm. with um, with my partner, or three rounds of Sealed, like three different Sealed pools with my partner. So I will get to play with this in paper, albeit not in a store. Um, but like I think these cards, this is the kind of set, too, where like once we've weathered the pandemic, these, these are modern cards. Sure. Like these will be in a non-rotating format. It's not the same as like you know, buying a box of Ikori at the beginning of the pandemic, desperately hoping to get to play some of those cards in standard. Yeah, yeah, that, you know that, I mean? makes, that makes sense. Yeah, and we are kind of coming yeah. out of it. Like, I've been vaccinated, so... Um, and well, I, I'm going to be vaccinated soon, I think. And I think once I've got one jab, I'll be cool with playing in tournaments because I'll be in the shop anyway um, if I get the job, so... Right, yeah, yeah. And um, people are already playing Paper Magic. Like, the the, the people who don't care about the uh, the guidelines have, have not stopped. So people are yeah. playing in, in paper, even though you know, whether they should or not, I don't know. But um, yeah, so uh, w one other question before we um, uh, wrap up our discussion here. Um, so you mentioned that you would be interested in here seeing something like this for other sets. So when it comes to like reprint sets, uh, like, a, like a Modern Masters or uh, something like that, do you want them to continue in this vein where they're remastering old sets? Or do you think, or do you only want this for certain things and you rather them kind of go a Modern Masters direction? Uh, I would love it to, so first of all, I'd love it to cost just what normal boosters cost. I think that's reasonable and I think making the same product and charging more is pretty shitty. Even if the secondary market, the secondary market value is kind of um, ephemeral, it's not, and the Wizards isn't supposed to acknowledge it, so they should just be charging the same if it has the same amount of cards. But if they're going to do sets like this, I think this is the right way to handle them. And I would love like a set like this where they just kind of cut some of the cut most of the bad rares, cut um, like curate it into the best draft format, take a whole block like we'll use Innistrad as an example. And then have a subset of cards that you get one per pack that, like, for Innistrad, maybe they're based on, like, cheesy horror novel covers. Yeah. Um, or some, something like that. You know, if we go back to... Uh, what are other blocks people like? Ravnica. Uh, if they remaster Return to Ravnica block, or original Ravnica block, then they just take the cards and put them... Like, make a special border for each of the guilds. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, yeah. that, that I think that would be... Yeah, that would be great. I would like that too. Now, I will say that uh, Time Spiral Remastered is lucky in the sense that it has a baked-in way to reprint a lot of cards. And I think that's why we like this so much. The time-shifted sheet kind of makes this a little like a mini-master uh, mini set 
because they can, you know, they have the set proper and then they have a whole other section of the set that is just, we're reprinting cards people want. If they did a, like a Ravnica remaster, you know, uh, Ravnica City of Guilds, would they have that freedom? Like what, what would actually let them reprint stuff like Moldrifter or, you know, Treasure Cruise or stuff like that? It would have to just be stuff from that set. It would be a lot more restricted and I think it would not be as impressive as what we see here. So I wonder if oh, they would try I to was, do uh, I was thinking they could put other cards in those slots anyway. See, yeah, see, that's the thing. I, Time Sparrow has, the, has a baked in way to think about, a, a, a baked in way to do that. While Ravnica, they would have to do something a bit contrived to, to, to make fit that Ravnica. to to okay. fit that in. Now they ob obviously could do that, but you know, like, uh, how would they? How would it make sense? How would Magic players like for it to happen? Um, that's my only concern. But the idea of actually remastering a set, I'm totally on board for. Yeah. I, I, I think it's um I think it's cool. Like imagine if expeditions like maybe featured some crappy lands and were one per pack. Yeah, that that's true. And you're, you're right. Expeditions are, are. I'm so glad you brought that up. Expeditions are a perfect, you know, um, excuse as to how they were able to um, bring back cards that weren't Zendikar, but you know have Zendikar cards, uh, you know, or reprint cards within the Zendikar block. Um, so there's definitely ways to do it. I, I'm so glad you brought that up. That makes so much sense. I, I think I think that's the direction they should be heading in is making uh, making um, expeditions behave like this. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so do you want to move on to the end segment? Yeah, yeah. I think I think we said everything we we've uh, said about the set. We love it, enjoy it for what it is because we may not get something like this for a while, at least until Wizards can figure out how to make sets like this again uh and also if you just want to buy sealed product if you're the kind of person that wants to buy sealed product and just put it in your closet i bet this is a perfect choice for that would you would you agree oh yeah i think so too i think that's that's probably a good thing to add i don't want to encourage like scalping or trying to invest in magic cards because if somebody with enough money decides to do that it kind of takes it away from other players pokemon's really experiencing that problem right now um, but yeah, if you want to open sealed product or I guess keep one box in your closet to open later, then this is probably a good call. Yeah, for sure. Wizards. Good job. Yes. We like, we like you today. <laughs> well, I don't know if I go that far. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, so let's go into the, moving... let's go into the end huh? segment. Yeah, we are moving on to the end segment. You know me, I'm a, I'm a total segment male. Um, and, uh, this has probably been my favorite end segment to do. So I'm glad we're doing it again. Yeah, for uh, sure. Random card reviews. All right, well, uh, so, I'm so glad that you're a segment male, um, you know, because that uh, kind of takes the pressure off of me. I, I know I know where I fit in the hierarchy now, and I know to defer to you when you have correct opinions, and I'm just here spewing nonsense. So I, I'm glad we've, we've spelled out the hierarchy for our, for our listeners. You don't understand. The segment male lives outside of the hierarchy, but also he's at the top of it. Those aren't contradictory. Don't worry about it. All right, let's look at some random cards. A lot of actually, it kind of fits today because we're kind of talking about magic cards through Magic's history, and we're just going to look at a few more. Yeah, random cards through Magic's history. So first, we've got Alpha, I think, Hypnotic Specter. Oh, this, this card got a pedigree. This would have been a great inclusion for the uh, time shifted sheet, I think. Like, because uh, no one can yeah. say this is an iconic card, um, and I think um, you know, not as good as it used to be, um, but very iconic and. Um, 
I, I, I would probably put this in the cube. This is in my cubelet, uh, and I love it there. Um, so, yeah. Well, this card is limited. Um, it's very, very good and limited. Um, and I, I agree with you there. I think they were only time-shifting cards that have never been printed in Old Border before. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think any, any like, Masters set or, like, fun set you can reprint this into. I was surprised this wasn't in Modern Horizons. Because yeah. uh, I think this card would totally be fine in modern. Uh, it's it's obviously a great card. It's a three mana two two flyer in black. Uh, any any opponent damaged by Spectre must discard a card at random from his or her hand. Ignore this effect if opponent has no cards left in hand. Mm. As the uh, classic rules text. Uh, um, to be clear, this card is modern legal. It was in ninth edition. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, I did not know that. All right. Right, right. Uh, damn, I got, got fact check. But no, um, but no one thinks of this as a modern card. This this is like a like old school like um, old school classic kitchen table magic. Uh, back when I first started, um, you, you know, we had one player that had the burn deck that was like really you know powerful, and we had another guy that had the mono black discard deck. You know, with Hypnotic Specter, uh, Dark Ritual, uh, him to Turok, and that was a force to be reckoned with. So this this card is uh, very linked to my early. Day days of magic and i'll always have a, spot, a soft spot for this card yeah and at the og tournaments this is all on a play you back in like the the late 90s everyone dressed like a member of Lint biscuit um and they all looked like they didn't shower and they would like sit down at the table and there would be weird like tony hawk pro skater 3 music playing in the background have you watched videos of the old magic tournaments i have yeah 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 they're, uh, they're they are something to behold and it's crazy to see those and think that i am like a part of that you know that that is yeah. my subculture but yeah the 90s were just a weird time i currently dress like someone from limp biscuit and don't shower i know um, I, I know yeah. i know i know yeah a great card not much else to say about it just just yeah, huge, pe huge pedigree let's move on yeah. to a card oh i bet you i bet you love this card uh this is winding constrictor a two mana two three snake and then it basically um it's not doubling season but it's basically plus oneing season uh for all you know for cards and um uh, for counters for your artifacts, creatures, and yourself. Uh, do you like this card? It's neat. Yeah, I remember when it was in Standard. I didn't play the deck because I didn't want to buy all the cards. That was, like, one of the times when I was a little more broke. Like, I think I was also playing Pokemon, and, like, I, I had just invested in another deck. Because when this was big, I was playing that Just Guy God Pharaoh's Gift refurbished deck, and that was a very expensive deck. So I did I couldn't put together both, even though I love this deck too. But yeah, Winding Constrictor has not seen the play in modern that a lot of people predicted it would, but it was certainly great in standard with energy, with so many things that made plus one plus one counters, it, it definitely earned its keep. Yeah. I do like the design of the card for what it's worth. It was a it was should be yeah, yeah, it was a great, it was a great synthesis of a good magic, like a good tournament level magic card, but also playing in the space that commander players and casual players love so much, which is extra counters, right? So, um, yeah, I, a good synthesis of those ideas. Yeah, that's a big hit with those players. Um, not much of an idea here. Uh, this is uh, M20 Soldier Token. Uh, I love I this. Really showed up in the Scryfall. <laughs> No, 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 absolutely. Well, I'll just go ahead and say, I this is I would say this is my favorite soldier token. Um, it's full art. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, it's full art. Um, I, I think this is one of the better uh, token frames that they've done. I've always been a huge fan of the, when they went back to um, uh, Dominaria, how uh, Benalia was, you know, the stain, like the magic stained glass was how oh, yeah, their I shields. 
and stuff. And hey, I'll I'll be honest, I'll I'll, I'll simp for the soldier for sure, for sure. Um, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just a very pretty card, and uh, yeah, I just, I love the soldier token. It's probably my favorite. Yeah, I like the the painting. I think it, it looks really good. Um, she got like a Joan of Arc vibe, and I like the the castles in the background. I love the Benalia stained glass. I think that was one of the coolest things that they did with the art direction of Dominaria. Yeah, great. so yeah, definitely soldier token. Yeah, great choice with the with the stained art motif. That was cool. Um, but let's talk about a real magic card. Uh, the, oh my god. Uh, Classic art here by Phil Foglio, um, you know, who is still getting some buzz about, um, you know, like um, uh, magic stuff. We still talk fondly about this artist, but this is Fidhorn yeah. Pollen. Uh, I have never seen this card before, uh, but this is a three mana enchantment with a, uh, I'm, I can't say this word, uh, cum cumulative, cumulative. Cumul Cumulative, cumulative, yeah. cumulative upkeep of one. All creatures get minus zero or minus one, minus zero. And then you can pay two mana, a generic and a green. All creatures get minus one, minus zero until end of turn. Uh, and it's a rare for some reason. This is a very oddball card, but I love the art on this. This card is definitely terrible. Yeah. Um, I like the card. I like the art fine. This is one of those cards, like, I feel like when they released Cumulative Upkeep, they didn't know how punishing it would be. So they released cards that would, like, probably be fine without Cumulative Upkeep. Yeah. Or maybe just, like, make you pay one on your upkeep, not one more each turn. Because um, this card is, like, pretty niche. There's decks this just won't do anything against. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is definitely... Um, it's definitely an interesting one. For I, sure. I would say this card is emblematic of how they didn't really know what good magic cards looked like. You know, th this is clearly just, like, not good. Um, but it's an interesting idea. I'm glad that they tried uh, to make the card. Uh, yeah, a cumulative upkeep was just kind of a bad idea in general. Uh, the best part of this is the art. Uh, Phil Foglio, glad that um, him and his wife were a part of early magic history. Yes, me too. I think he's an excellent artist. So moving on to our last random card review. Uh, we've got Glorious End. Uh, my glorious friend. Um, this is two and a red for an instant. End of the turn. At the beginning of your next end step, you lose the game. I open. Uh, I I, 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 I it memes worth of rules text at the end of end of the turn. I opened this at my Amoncat pre-release, uh, and I did not play it. I was uh, probably a good call. Wait, have we gotten this before? I don't remember the context we talked about this in, but I feel like we talked about this card on the podcast. I don't recall that. Um, maybe it was something different. Maybe Final Fortune? Uh, I, I don't know. Um, but, um, maybe. yeah, I, I, I... There are cool things you can do with this card, but it, it's just so niche. And for it to be a mythic on top of that, I really think yeah. it was kind of a um, kind of a fail on that end. It's just no one's excited. It, 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 it's cool that you can do like really interesting things with this, but at the end of the day, none of that is really like super powerful. And uh, for it to take up a mythic slot is just a lot. Uh, I really wish they could have done something a bit different with this one. Yeah, I think I pretty much agree with you. Um, but I wouldn't want this to be powerful. This is the kind of effect that if they make it powerful, it breaks formats. So. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, it, it kind of makes sense for it to be mythic, but um, yeah, someone will find a, a, a better use for this, and then all of a sudden this will be a card that uh, everyone's talking about. Buy your playset now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Not much else to say about this one. Yeah. All right. I think but yeah, 
Yeah, I think that is going to wrap it up for this mm. episode. I think I think we've done a lot of good work for the listeners today. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think we uh, have helped them get hype for this new set if they want to. Uh, yeah, it's a sweet set. I, I'm going to get a box and open it, uh, and I just I love the I love the nostalgia baiting that they're doing. Um, we'll, we'll be back to complaining about wizards and their decisions next episode. I'm sure. So the doc here says end segment random cars. Is this a thing that you have planned? <laughs> that uh, that's right. It's time for um, shiny chrome. Um, oh, chrome shell crab, a podcast within the podcast where we talk about classic cars inside the magic podcast. Uh, uh, Fred, review my Buick. Fred, classic cars. Do you like them? Uh, no, I think cars are bad, and uh, I like trains. Cars are bad. You heard it here first. Okay, thank you for joining this episode of a Chrome Shell Crab, where we talk about uh, you know. Okay, I'm am done with it. Let, let's end the All podcast. Right. Yeah, a bit's over. Um, okay. Uh, uh, God, thank you for listening to this episode of Gutshot. You can follow me at Fred Ass B on Twitter and at War Crimes on Twitch. Will is at Agro Rhetoric on bo- at both locations, and you can follow the show on Twitter at GutshotPod. Remember to subscribe to us on YouTube, like us on YouTube, like this episode, ring the bell, comment, uh, dislike, uh, hate comment, um, whatever, vent to us about what's going on in your life in the comment section. I will expend emotional labor for our fans. Um, and, uh, follow us on Amazon podcasts, I think, or Apple podcasts. You can find us everywhere, but make sure you subscribe to us. That's right. This has been Gutshot, the only MTG podcast that sells their dual lands at the dealer table to turn around and buy ice cream from the convention stand. And uh, we will see you next time. Aw, quit calling me out. Later. Later.